This week has been huge for Michigan football, both at the collegiate level and the national one. On Sunday night, the NFL Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings. This means that the Lions are headed for the playoffs with a home game against the Rams next Sunday. And then, to top it all off, last night this happened. McCarthy takes the knee. That'll do it. The Michigan Wolverines are national champions. The University of Michigan's football team won the national championship. This is the Wolverines' first national title in 26 years. Today, your Michigan football breakdown. This is Stateside. I'm April Bear. We're going to get to the Lions a little bit later in the pod, but first, it's time to celebrate. Yeah, it, it's it's wild, right? It's wild to think about. You know, I woke up this morning asking myself that very question, that did Michigan really just win the national title? That's sports reporter Al Martin at WKAR in Lansing. And he noted there is plenty to celebrate. I mean, it's the first, you know, college football outright national championship title for Michigan since 1948. You know, they split the title with Nebraska back in 97, and they also finished the record with an unblemished 15-0 record or better, which is the sixth program ever to do so. It, it is incredible when you look at But of course, all of this comes with an asterisk. Michigan may still be subject to some penalties because of sign-stealing allegations from earlier this year. Yes, there is that, that, that scandal, right, that we have been talking about all year when it comes to the Wolverines. They used it as a rallying cry. And I think two things can be, you know, truth here, right? Yes, I, and again, these, these are still allegations, right? But when mm-hmm. you look at the evidence, yes, you can say that, okay, there's some hard proof out there that Michigan probably did cheat. But at the same time, you can't argue right now that the Michigan Wolverines aren't the best college football program in the nation. And I think they showed that in the playoff. I was sitting there watching the game last night, having all my Big Ten 1980s flashbacks. Did you see like an old school Midwestern defense effort win that game? No question. I mean, Michigan did it the old school way last night. Look, it started with that relentless running game that racked up 303 yards. And then, as you mentioned, that stifling defense, that flustered not just a run-of-the-mill quarterback. I mean, look, when you get to the national championship, you're you're not going to have a run-of-the-mill quarterback. But we're talking about the Heisman runner-up, a player that I thought should have won the Heisman Trophy in quarterback Michael Penix Jr., who threw two interceptions, who was banged up all night by that stout Michigan defensive line. He barely had time to think back there. You saw that. Sack that, after sack. It was just, it was oh, it was rough. It was. It really was rough for him. And when we saw him walking off into the tunnel, just holding his ribs, I mean, he was really battered up, beaten up. Credit to that Michigan defense and credit to that Michigan running game that really surprised everyone last night. But it was an old school, gritty, Big Ten way that led the Wolverines to the championship last night. It takes nothing away uh, from Michigan's win last night to ask, Al, what the heck happened last night with Michigan's quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, who did not have a stellar outing? (laughs) Well, you know, he had one of those games. You know, I think J.J. has been so good throughout most of the season that he kind of gets a a pass for last night. He was by no means fantastic last night. 
But he really didn't need to be. Uh, again, when you have Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, who came back, I mean, like a lightning bolt last night, when you have those two leading the charge, I mean, look, both of them had over 100 yards and accounted for four touchdowns last night. When they're playing that well, I think, you know, Sharon Moore and that offense basically said, look, this is working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep handing the ball off. That's what they did. And J.J. really didn't need to do too much last night, you know. Um, now, as as for his, you know, his future, uh, will he make it in the pros? That that, that we'll, we'll figure that out later on. But I think those who are criticizing J.J. McCarthy today just have to really look at that game and say to themselves, OK, did they really need him to be a lights out quarterback throwing the ball down the field? And they didn't last night. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned offensive coordinator Sharon Moore and the rest of the Michigan coaching staff. You know, a, a lot of people are noticing today that the University of Michigan would love to retain Jim Harbaugh. They, they're handing him, you know, this huge $100 million-plus contract extension, which he has not accepted. And uh, there is that L.A. Chargers coaching job out there in the wind and a few other possible NFL opportunities. Al, do you think it matters to Michigan if Jim Harbaugh leaves at this point? Hmm. You know, that is a catch-22 question because, of course— you know, uh, even speaking to, to some Michigan fans that I know personally last night, I, I asked them that same question. I mean, do you want Harbaugh back? And they said, basically, look, the man led us to a national championship. He's done his job. If he leaves, hey, we're, we're not going to, you know, you know, throw a hissy fit over it. You know what I mean? But if he stays, I mean, yeah, you got to throw the Brinks truck at him. Look, before, you know, three years ago when the wheels were falling off and he couldn't beat, you know, rival Ohio State and, and he wasn't making – you know, the, the, the Big Ten championship and going to the college football playoff. I mean, there was rumblings about Michigan possibly going a different way and not retaining him. Um, now that conversation is different. But like you said, I mean, there are numerous teams rumored out there in Rumorville. Uh, yeah, I know Michigan doesn't like to dabble in Rumorville. <laughs> but in <laughs> Rumorville, there are numerous teams out there that are said to have interest in Jim Harbaugh right now. You know, I saw last night maybe – you know, uh, well, you mentioned the Chargers, but I, you know, I saw maybe the the Raiders may have interest in him as well. I mean, and we know we know there's uh, some some warm feelings about Vegas on Jim Harbaugh's part. So, I mean, that seems like it could be a thing if they're serious. That is very very true. I, I think. Look, at the end of the day, you, you got to mention the scandal as well because I've always said this: this scandal and, and the way, if, if you remember, you know, Michigan self imposed that that suspension to start the season. And then, of course, the Big Ten came out and suspended them three more games to end the season. I can also see this happening. Jim Harbaugh is so frustrated with the NCAA, with the Big Ten, with college football that, look, he may say, I've done my job. I've won a natty. Now let me go back to the NFL and see if I can go back to the Super Bowl and possibly get a ring there. So uh, with the knowledge that Washington and some of the other West Coast powers are joining the Big Ten next season, and that Michigan's schedule does not look particularly easy in 2024-25. I have to ask, like, what do you see, Al, what do you see ahead for this Big Ten? And would you expect Michigan to perform this highly next year? Oh, that's so tough to say. Look, it is almost impossible for any team, let alone a team like Michigan, to repeat in a national championship, especially when you're looking at how wild the, the landscape of college sports, let alone college football is right now with the transfer portal, with NIL. 
I mean, it's just tough. And then Michigan is going to lose some players after this now. Players, yeah, I mean, this ra- this roster is so good. It's so stacked. A lot of players are going to now say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to test the waters there. So who knows what this roster is going to look like next season. And then you bring in, you know, Washington, you know, UCLA, USC, Oregon. It's going to get that much tougher to Look, win the Big Ten, let alone go to the college football playoff. So, again, that could also play into a factor as to why Harbaugh may say, you know what, it's getting, it's going to get more difficult from here on out. I'm out, deuces. I've done my job, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't see Michigan repeating. Uh, it's, it's tough for any team out there, but we'll see, right? It's sports. You never know. Al, you mentioned that you had talked to Wolverine fans last night. How? Where are their heads today? Oh, they're, they're ecstatic. Absolutely ecstatic. I, I think – in the minds of most Wolverines fans out there, look, it's been a long time coming. You know, I, I mentioned how this is the the first outright title for Michigan since the late 40s, right? And again, they split that thing against, mm. you know, with, with Nebraska, I should say, back in the, in, in the late 90s in 1997. It's been a long time coming. So Michigan fans are soaking this up. They are celebrating this. They are ecstatic. And, you know, when it comes to a possible asterisk, they're not even thinking about that. At least the fans that I've talked to and the conversations I've had, you know, via the, you know, text and on the phone last night and, and even in Twitterverse, they are celebrating this. And I think they should because it has been a long time. And I think this team is the, the best team in the nation. But once the confetti settles down, right, we, we have to look at, okay, what the NCAA is going to do. We all know the NCAA drags its feet when when issuing sanctions and punishments and possibly even vacating, you know, championships. We won't know what will happen with that, I think, until like, you know, two, three years down the road. Uh, but right now, Michigan fans are embracing this right now, and I think they should. I think they should. It's not every day you win a national championship, regardless of the circumstances. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the Lions and the big playoff game they have coming up. Stay with us. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Michigan football isn't the only winner in town. The Detroit Lions are headed for the playoffs with their first game against the Rams this coming Sunday. John Neo, columnist at the Detroit News, thinks the Lions should be pretty confident headed into this one. They look like they belong, and I I know that's hard for some Lions fans still to wrap their heads around, but they've been one of the best teams in the NFL all season, and they're playing well. Maybe not their best football, but 
but close to close enough to it here at the end of the season to feel good about their chances going in to the playoffs. And look, this is what everybody's been waiting for. This is what this franchise has been waiting for. And Sunday night in Detroit is going to be quite a scene one way or another. I guess it was only a matter of time before uh, a Lions team of this of this level of strength came back in into play against Matthew Stafford. A lot of ink has been spilled over this narrative. Lions facing off against an old quarterback, now a Super Bowl champion. Do you see the Lions uh, having any hard feelings in this situation? No, no. This is uh, everybody... Everybody, I think, understands this for what it is. Yes, it's a storyline. Yes, the irony is is pretty thick uh, for Lions fans who who lived through all those years. But look, Matthew Stafford had sort of reached an, a breaking point in Detroit, um, went to ownership and said, it's time for me to move on. It's time for you guys to start another rebuild, and I don't want to be part of it. Both sides really got what they wanted out of that, which is – Matthew Stafford got a chance to go to L.A. and won a Super Bowl in his first year there. And the Lions got a chance to start over with some draft picks that they've parlayed into into key pieces of a team that they think is building to a Super Bowl at some point here. So, no, there were no hard feelings. Fans, I think, got that out of their system probably a couple of years ago, watching him win a Super Bowl. And it, it really, to be honest, I think it was maybe even a little surprising to some of us at how many Lions fans – became Matthew Stafford, Los Angeles Rams fans in that Super Bowl run they had. But Sunday night will be a different story. He will get a different welcome than he might have two years ago. He will be the enemy, and he certainly understands and expects that. I have to say, I was amazed the Lions got this far into the season this healthy. The news out of last weekend about Sam Laporta taking a knee injury in the last game is not great, but other than Sam, how healthy is this team overall? That's the nature of a, a sport that's as violent as this. And over 18 weeks, you're not going to make it through unscathed. Um, but it was it was uh, particularly frustrating for them. Sam Laporta had been one of the brightest spots on this roster. And really, in, in the entire NFL, the rookie season he had as a tight end, record-setting. This week, uh, Khalif Raymond, another receiver, also left with an injury, and that's a question mark as well. Nobody's healthy at this point in the year. When you get into a late-season situation like this where a lot of personnel is is absent and healing, I mean, are there coaching questions that have to be answered? I don't – I mean – I, that's the only way I can think of to get the, you know, to get through a time like this when there's just not that much flexibility in terms of who can play. Yeah. And look, some of that's, you know, this is what you, you spend all season working on, spend all off season working on is, is to improve the depth of your team. You know, it, it's a cliche in football in particular, the next man up, but it's a reality. And, uh, it's the job of that coaching staff and the GM and the personnel department to have guys ready to fill in, to step in. And, uh, you know, we'll find out who the Lions have that's ready to maybe take on a bigger role Sunday uh, if Sam Laporte is not out there. But, no, that's part of the game, and it's part of, certainly part of the coaching staff's job is to be ready for any and all possibilities. It's kind of hard to describe uh, what – any Lions fans we know are feeling right now. It's just, it's been an amazing season. But I was wondering, what do you notice about the economic bounce that the team might be having on the city and, and the metro area? Do you think this is something that's that's going to be good for the Lions in terms of bank? Oh, for sure. And look, you know, ask any uh, 
bar owner downtown what it's been like the last six seven eight years in particular with the local pro sports teams you know struggling and uh this has been a you know these last couple years in particular for the lions have been a big deal a home playoff game is a huge boon for downtown a sunday night the spirit of detroit is wearing a lion's jersey but it's certainly not the only one that's wearing a lion's jersey downtown this weekend and and so look it's going to be a huge weekend downtown this is you know 30 years in the making it's not just the ford family that's going to cash in with some of those ticket prices for these for these playoff tickets uh all those businesses downtown are going to do well as well. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our team are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Olivia Meradian and Lauren Neong. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis, and music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you tomorrow around this time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.